Hi guys, welcome again to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. It's again a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow. And we try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can, as we continue to serve our Lord. Again, we're thankful that you guys have found the podcast. You can find it on YouTube, um, and you can also subscribe anywhere that you can get your podcast. And we're thankful that you guys have found the podcast today. All right, so this one is a uh, this is going to be one of them ones. All right, this is going to be a good one, um, and this is just as a a precursor to this. This is from kind of some conversations that I've had with some some good friends of mine. Uh, this is kind of from, you know, feedback from other things, uh, just to kind of see what people, you know, feel like they need to hear right now. And so this topic is entitled, I don't know if I can do this anymore. I don't know if I can do this anymore. So the synopsis that I got from everybody was everybody was almost not really at the point of quitting, but at the point of questioning a lot of things of, of what they're doing right now. And so what we want to do today is we want to help you. And maybe you're in that, in that space right now. And, and today, what we want to do, we kind of want to help you get through that a little bit. So as we introduce this, let's talk about it this way. So, there comes a point right in all of our lives where we begin to question a lot of things based on how things have been going in the past and how things are currently going. And uh, sometimes it feels like what you're doing right now or what you're trying to do right now um, is basically pointless. You know, it's basically it hasn't borne any fruit at all. Right. So, I mean, it's basically, you know, why try? You know, and so we, we've all been there, you know, and, and the Christian walk at times, um, it can be hard, man. It, it can be tough. And at times what we can do is we can compare the way that Christ wants us to live to how other people are living and then see, man, re things really aren't. If you really sit back and look at it, things really aren't working out right now. You know, and especially things aren't working out for the people that's actually trying to do what's right. And so what this can do for the Christian, this can um, this can weigh on on your mind. Right? This could be this could be a heavy, heavy weight. And, you know, I don't know about you, but sometimes, you know, I feel that as well. You know, sometimes I feel like, you know, I'm tired. I'm tired of trying to go above and beyond for others. I'm trying I'm tired of going you know, even trying to go above and beyond for myself. And as far as I try to go for others, as far as I try to go for myself, I still can't make it to infinity. Right. You see what I did there with the Toy Story reference there. All right. So, you know, it, it seems like you just can't. It, it doesn't matter. You know, basically what whatever that you're doing right now, it's like it doesn't matter because you can't see any fruit being born out of it. And so maybe today that's you. And maybe today you feel like, you know, I just can't, whatever you're doing, I just can't do this anymore. You know, I'm just, I'm done. You know, and I, I was, I'm watching a documentary on a couple football teams and, um, you know, some of the guys, you know, they were, you know, studs in high school, studs in college, but now they come to the NFL and now some of the guys, they sit down and interview with the camera and sometimes they'll be like, man, do I even know how to play football? Like, I don't even, these guys are so good. Like, I just don't know how to play. I just feel like I'm not good at this. I thought I was good, but seeing these guys, I'm nowhere near where I need to be. Sometimes that's how we feel. 
you know, sometimes, you know, you feel like, you know, okay, I was okay then. I was all right here. But now at this space in my life, I just, I don't know if I'm good at this anymore. And whatever that this is for you, maybe that's your job. Maybe that's, you know, whatever, whatever you do, maybe you just feel like, man, I, I thought I was good at this, but maybe I'm really not. So sometimes you might feel like, man, I don't know if I can, like, I don't really know if I can really do this anymore. So let's, let's try to help us today. So we're going to go through three things here as we talk about this topic. So number one, as we talk about this, maybe you feel like this. Well, I don't know if I can do this anymore because number one, I don't know if I can keep believing. I don't know if I can keep believing anymore. So when we talk about belief, continuous belief in something or in in a, a certain picture that you have, things that you felt like it, it, this is how you want things to go, continuous belief in that picture can be a mental drain for you when it doesn't work. And especially when the work that you've put into your life, it's not bearing any results. So it's kind of like this. It's kind of like um, it feels like you're kind of running on this treadmill, right? And there's this carrot dangling in front of you and you can see it, right? And you keep reaching forward and, and you're constantly running towards it. But no matter what you do, you know, all you can do is just see it. That's how we feel like about our lives sometimes and even our futures. Well, you know, everyone says it's going to work out. Everybody says this. Everybody says that's fine. And that's what they're supposed to say. But at the same time, they got their carrot already. You know, you're still reaching for it. And it's like, man, it's just why am I working this hard to get something that's not even in my eyes and in your eyes? It's not even attainable. And so sometimes here's what here's what I believe. I believe that most Christians, they want to do what God says, but at the same time, what we want is we want some type of assurance though. So I'll do what you say, but I mean, if this could just work out for me, it'll make it easier to do what you say. So I want some type of down payment or some type of insurance on God's part so I can do what you want me to do. I fall into that too sometimes, 100%. So when we think about this word belief, in the dictionary is described as to accept that something is true and to have full, sure truth of it. So what happens in your life and what happens in mine when you keep accepting that something is true, but every step of the way, more and more failures and obstacles keep coming, then it becomes harder to keep accepting and keep believing. So did you know that for us as, as a Christian, to have belief in something, to have belief in God, to have belief in your future, to have belief that things are going to be okay, you know that takes hard work to keep believing when you have no reason to keep believing? Because up to this point, what can you physically see that's tangible? You can see what's not working out right now. You can see what hasn't worked in the past, and you can see absolutely jack working in the future, right? You can see nothing, just nothing working. So now, all those things that you can see, that's tangible. So it's easier to believe those things. So what happens when you keep accepting something as true, but then there's more failures and more failures? Look at this. Look at Job chapter chapter 30. 
Job chapter 30. And I want you guys to notice, and we looked at this last week in our Job class. And if you're not a part of our Job class, send me a message because this is this will be such a great class uh, for you to be in because this is this is very helpful during some tough times. So in Job chapter 30, and I believe it's verse number 26, this is what Job is doing in this section of verses. Job is basically explaining how he's been crying out to God but hasn't been getting any answers. So in verse 26, notice what the text says. Job says, you know what? During this whole time, all this that's been happening in my life, I've been looking for good. So it's not like I've been out here trying to mess things up. It's not like I'm out here trying to fail. It's not like I'm out here trying not to be good for this or good for that. It's not like I'm not trying. I am. Job said, I looked for good. And maybe maybe that's you right now. And I believe that's most people. We don't go out looking for for bad things. But notice, Job says, when I looked for good, every single time I looked for it, then evil came. And when I waited for the light, then more darkness came. So it seems like for you, and it seems like for me, the more and more good that you try to do for yourself and others, the more and more good that you try to to help yourself and, and, and to be a better person and do all these things, you try to look for good, but in every, every door that life presents, the good that you give out, you're not getting back. And it's, it's even darker than the, than the good stuff you're even putting out there. So how can that not be mentally draining for you? How can that not be mentally draining for me too? I mean, how can it not? It's, it's absolutely draining. And that's why they say this mental stuff, this can literally be a weight. Like it's heavy because now you're starting to question your decisions of, man, should I be this type of a person? Should I be this good? Should I be this? Because apparently what has being good done for me up to this point? You know what I'm saying? These are real questions. And Job is asking himself this. So, so what do we do? You know, these, these men and women of faith, you know, they felt the same way that we do. Job felt this way, but according to Job chapter one, verse 22, but in all this, Job did not sin, nor did he charge God foolishly. So a part of, a part of being a human is feeling. And so sometimes people assume if you feel a certain way, then you lack faith. We can't, we can't teach that because if that's the case, well, I guess Job wasn't sin. So does that mean that mean uh, God, a liar that he wrote this about Job? We got to be careful how we teach this and how we help people. So now let's look at this. Look at Jeremiah. Actually, no, we're going to get there in a second. I'm getting ahead of myself. Go to Romans four, Romans four, Romans chapter four, um, verses 18 through 21. So now the question becomes, okay, Jordan. So I understand your point. I understand. Okay. I don't know if I can do this anymore. So I, I just don't know Jordan. If I can just keep believing You're like Jordan, you just don't know, you know, you just don't understand what I've been through. Yeah, I probably don't. Right, And you probably don't understand what I've been through. So the question is, since we both don't understand what we both have been through, so what are we going to do to help each other? What, what can we do to keep believing when there's no reason for me to? Based on the evidence that's happened in my life, there's no reason. Based off the evidence that happened in your life, there's no reason. So how, how am I supposed to keep believing when I have no reason to, when you have no reason to? Look at this, Romans chapter 4. And this is something that, that honestly, to be honest with you all, I struggle with because um, this is tough. This is very hard. But notice what happens. Remember Abraham 
or Abram at the time was promised a son, but he was also promised to be a father of many nations. So now in verse 18, he was past childbearing age and Sarah was past childbearing age. And on top of them being past the age, then they waited 25 years. So now what do you do in a situation where like you and I are in and that Abram's in, what do you do in a situation where there's, there's absolutely no reason to believe that things are going to get better. There's no reason. There's no, you have no evidence right now to make you believe that things are going to work out. You have, you have no evidence. What do you keep? How do you keep moving on? Verse 18. Circle this if you're taking notes with me. Who against hope, Abram continued to believe in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that, that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. So that phrase right there in chapter in verse 18 is the hardest thing in life to do. To keep believing in hope when there's when hope is against you. How crazy is that? You keep believing in hope when hope is against you. So every every year, every decision, every choice, every everything, every person, every whatever that happens and comes into your life, you have no reason to believe in hope in anything. But Abram, even though he had no reason, he kept believing even though hope was against him. That's ridiculous. <laughs> you know, when I read that and when I'm studying through, I just had to kind of set my Bible there and just be like, that's, that's ridiculous. And then, yeah, I, you know, I'm kind of with y'all. I don't, I don't know if I can do that. You know, that that's hard. That's so hard because to believe against hope and to believe in hope when hope is against you, it's almost, it's almost like you view the things that have happened as kind of a stepping stone to get you to another place. But that that's that's even hard to do. But no, so how can Abram have have the ability to do this? Verse 19. And being not weak in faith, he didn't even consider his own body, which was now dead, meaning that he didn't consider his age in terms of bearing a son when he was 100 years old. And it says, neither did he even consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. So now this is why this is crazy because Abram, number one, it says he wasn't weak in faith, but then two, he knew as a man, I cannot have a child. He knew that. And he knew Sarah couldn't have a child. But the crazy thing about his faith, the text says he didn't even consider what was already true. That's ridiculous. He didn't consider what's already true. And what's a true fact that he couldn't run away from? The fact of the matter is I'm old. My wife is old. So physically we can't do it. So he took a situation that was impossible and he didn't even consider the impossibility of the situation. He said, you know what? Because God said it, it's going to happen. I don't care how impossible it looks. I don't care how bad things have gotten. I don't care how many times this has happened. God's going to make it happen. 
That's a different level of faith right there. And then number 20, not only was he not weak in faith, but then as we keep building on this idea, the Bible says, and he did not stagger at the promise of God through unbelief. But instead of being weak in faith, he was strong in faith, giving glory to God. So not only did he, he didn't even stagger at it. He said, it's, it's going to happen. And then on top of that, he was strong in faith and he still found a way to give glory to God. And what's the last step? Verse 21, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, God was able to perform. Oh, man, I don't know. I just don't. I mean, the process is right here for it. It's literally laid out, right? Verse 19. So if you're in a situation where you have no reason to believe because the same thing just keeps happening, right? Sometimes in our lives, it's kind of like the same story, different characters, different people, different, different, um, different scenarios, different places. But no matter what it is, it always ends up the same. So how do you, how do you keep how do you keep believing when that just keeps happening over and over? The process is don't be weak in faith. Don't consider the impossibility of it. Don't stagger at the promise of God. Be strong in faith. Keep giving glory to God. And you have to be fully persuaded that he's able to do what he said. That's hard. It's hard. But if Abram can do it, I can do it and you can do it too. So I understand the concept of, look, I don't know if I can do this anymore. I don't know if I can keep believing. I don't, I don't know. And so, you know, one of the hardest things to do, one of the hardest things is to keep believing when you have no reason to believe. You know what I mean? Like to keep believing when you don't even have a reason to believe anymore. And, and that's one of the hardest things in this world to do. And on top of that, what, what tends to happen for most of us is not only is it tough in terms of the impossibility of it, because you know your situation, but at the same time, you look at others and you rejoice and you're thankful and you're glad. But sometimes, you know, sometimes we all have that little kid in us still kind of, when is it my turn? You know what I mean? Like I'm totally down. I'm always down to be a cheerleader for somebody else. I'm always down to be thankful and and happy and rejoice and celebrate and cry and weep and be happy. Like I'm always down to do that for somebody else. Cause that's what number one, because there are people that you care for. Number two, that's what God wants you to do. But then number three, you also feel like I'm down to do that, but I just don't want to spend my life doing that. You know, sometimes we all had that little kid in us. You know, when is it when is it going to be my turn for that, though? All of us have that if we're being if we're being honest with each other. So, Jordan, I just I don't know, man, Like I don't I don't know if I can do this anymore. But number one, like we said, I don't know if I can keep believing. Well, the the short answer is you just got to keep believing even when you have no reason to. Then number two. As we move forward 
And and quickly before we keep going, if, if you love if you like the podcast and you, and you love to join it and and be a supporter of it, you know you can visit www.anchor.fm slash when the scriptures become real slash support and there's there's different tiers there and you can support the podcast and uh, you know we're just so thankful that you guys are here and we'd love for you to continue to support so first point was like i don't know if i can keep believing anymore second point i don't know if i can keep being different i think this kind of goes on at, with this topic i don't i don't know if i want to if i want to be different anymore i understand trust me i understand so, you know, when you talk about this, the Lord calls us in Matthew chapter five. The Lord calls us to be salt and he calls us to be light in this world. And so for me, and I'm just kind of brainstorming it and kind of walking through this with you, but I might be off with this. But for me, I find it more difficult to be salt and light, even among your own brethren sometimes more than it is in the world which is unfortunate but sometimes i feel like that's kind of where we're headed because even among your own brethren you know you look different you know you just you just are different and and i don't know about you but sometimes you know it gets i mean the word different means different for a reason like it gets tiring being different because what what being different can do and and you know our our teenagers and our our middle school kids and and they they start to understand this the more and more they grow up being different it's almost it's isolating in a sense because you know you you know you keep doing what the lord wants you to do you try to live to a standard you try to be the best person you can be but nobody really wants to i don't know how to say, i don't I'm trying to be smart in how I say it, but you, you try to do what the Lord wants you to do, but it just feels like maybe I'm tripping. You know, maybe maybe I'm the one trying too hard. You know, maybe I'm the one. Maybe I shouldn't maybe I shouldn't try to be so different. Maybe certain things haven't happened in my life because I'm too different and people see me as too different and nobody really wants to be with somebody that's too different, you know? And I under, I understand that concept for sure. But, you know, everyone in this world and even in the brotherhood, as tough or as nonchalant as you want to be about it, God said in Genesis that man was not meant to be alone. So as nonchalant or as tough as you want to as you want to be seen. You know. No one wants to be alone. No one does. Now, you might say it, but no one really wants to be alone. So. You know, sometimes they'll joke about, well, Paul was alone, so I guess I can do it too. You really just showed your cards by by using that joke. They know what it is. They really know what it is. And so sometimes being different, Jordan, I just don't know if I can do it anymore, man. Like, you know, maybe I shouldn't be, you know, following this as, as strict as this because nobody really wants to be with a guy like me. Nobody really wants to be with a girl like me because... I'm just too different. Like I'm tired of being isolated because I'm different. I understand. And you know, one person in scripture that really understands this is Jeremiah, which when I read this today, I was floored because I don't know how I missed this, but I was looking through this today and I was like, man, so many, I mean, I feel like 
So many people need to hear this. Look at this. Look at Jeremiah chapter 15. Jeremiah chapter 15. And um, let's look at verses 15 through 18. Now, here's here's some context here. So if you're not familiar with Jeremiah, Jeremiah was a prophet. And he was called by God in Jeremiah chapter 1. But God gave him certain promises. And God basically got him ready to, to speak and to do this work. So, you know, God was telling Jeremiah, look, Jeremiah, I know you, right? I formed you in the belly, right? He said, you're going to speak to the nations. He said, don't be afraid of their faces. I'll always be there. You know, I'll, I'll do all of this. And Jeremiah went right in and started doing it. But all the way up chapters, you know, two through 14, Jeremiah just, he does what God says. But every time, I mean, bad things just keep happening to him. So now Jeremiah is just, he's done. Right, he's completely done here. So notice what happens here. Verse uh, 15. O Lord, you know. He said, remember me. Visit me and revenge me of my persecutors. Take me not away in thy long suffering. Know that for thy sake I've suffered rebuke. So notice what he's saying in verse 15. He said, because I, because I follow you, I suffer rebuke. This is this is what's happening by following you. Then verse 16, thy words were found. And he said, I ate them. He said, yeah, I, I ate your word. And not only did I eat it, but I started preaching it. And he said, thy word unto me, it was joy and it was rejoicing in my, I loved it. He said, I love thy word. And I was called by thy name. But then watch verse 17 and 18. This is real. He said, I sat not in the assembly of the mockers nor rejoiced but because of because of the nature of my work and I'm going to get into preachers here for a second he said because of the nature of my work what did what did Jeremiah say I sat alone because of your hand you know if you're a single preacher listening to this you better start reading Jeremiah <laughs> And I'm going to start reading this a little bit more too. Because because of the nature of your work, sometimes you're alone because of that nature, because of because of what your job brings. It's unfortunate. It's 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 uh unfortunate is the only word I can come. It's unfortunate, but that's just what it is. It is what it is. So he said, look, because of your work, I sat alone because of your hand. So imagine how this man feels. I'm trying to do what God says. I do what he says. But when I do what he says, I end up being alone. Who really wants to be alone? So why do you think we have so many preachers in the brotherhood that quit after one year, after two years? So many young guys after one year, after two years. Because guess what you really start to realize when you really start preaching? No one's really around. See, they're around when you're training. They're around when you're in school. No one's really around when you really start preaching. And that can get to guys. Be, and because of, because of the word, I'm alone. <laughs> I, just, I don't know. It's just, it's just, it is what it is. It is what it is. But now look what he says. And because of this, Thou hast filled me 
with indignation. I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but there's been days where I've wanted to quit this. I will be honest with you. There's been days where I wanted to quit this. And in my mind, I just wanted to be a normal Christian, quote unquote, because it seems like things for normal Christians work out just a little bit better. I was like, you know, why am I putting myself through this? I'm out. It's not like I can't still teach a Bible class. It's not like I can't still preach every once in a while. But, I, you know, I just don't, you know, sometimes you just don't want that label put on you. He said, I'm called by thy name. And then he says, you filled me with indignation because of this. Then he keeps going. Watch verse 18. Why is my pain perpetual? You know, we, we talk about joint. I just don't know, man. I, and our ladies can feel this too. Joint, I just don't know if I want to be different anymore, man. I just don't. I don't think any guys really want to be with a, you know, with a, you know, Proverbs or anything. I just don't think. I'm just tired of being a, I'm just tired of this. And then he's mentioned, look, why is my pain perpetual? I mean, this doesn't stop. All right, this, this has been happening all my life. It's been happening all your life. Why, why is this happening? And then notice what he says to my wound. It's incurable. And it refuses to be healed. So there's, <laughs> there's nothing anybody can do about it. Because it's incurable. And all of this is stemming because I decided to preach. All of this is stemming because I decided to start living a, a, a better life as a young woman. I started trying to live up to God's standard. But the closer and closer that I tried to do what you wanted me to do, then that's when I started to be isolated from everybody else. Why do you think we have so many Christians that don't want to do this? Because isolation, it scares people from doing what God wants them to do. It scares me sometimes still. It does. Why is this perpetual? Why is my wound incurable, which refuses to be healed? He said, God, are you going to call me a liar? He said, are you saying what I'm saying is not true? Look at me. I'm doing what you said. So you can't call me a liar. You can't, God, you cannot say that because I did your work, that I'm not isolated. You can't say that because you see the results. He said, you're going to call me a liar. And as waters that fail. So what I'm saying is true. So sometimes we can feel that way, guys. You know, I'm just tired, man. I'm so done with, with trying to be different. with trying to, you know, live above board. I'm not saying I'm just going to live a life of sin, but maybe I just shouldn't live as, as, um, as disciplined as I'm trying to. Maybe I should just be just a little bit like everybody else. You know, maybe I should just do what everybody else is because it just seems like everybody wants to be with people like that. You know, so maybe I just, you know, I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm the one trying, maybe I'm tripping. Maybe I'm trying too hard. You ever had those thoughts? Those are, those are, um, those are real for some of our brethren, for sure. So how do we get, you know, how do we do this? You know, how do we, you know, how do we get past this? I'm not saying this is not easy to get past. So you're not just going to get past it in a day. It's just not, it just doesn't work that way. But notice what God says in verse 19. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, if you will return, then I will bring you again and you will stand before me. And if you take forth the pressure from the vial, thou shalt be as I mouth, as my mouth. 
let them return unto thee, but return not thou unto them. Well, watch what he said he would do to Jeremiah. Verse number uh, verse number 20 and 21. I will make thee unto this people a fence brazen wall. And they'll, they're going to fight against you. But even though they fight against you for doing what I want you to do. The Bible says they will not prevail against you. For I am with thee. To save thee. And to deliver thee. Said the Lord. And I will deliver thee out of the hand of the wicked. And I will redeem thee. Out of the hand of the terrible. So. What's the answer? These answers aren't fun and they're not, you know, the easiest thing to do in the world. But the first answer is, if I don't know if I can believe anymore, you got to keep believing despite what's happening, which is tough. Then number two, look, I don't know if I want to be different anymore. What's the answer? Keep doing what God says. And that wall will be built around you. And he will deliver you and redeem you. You see, all of us, all of us are, have gotten to this point where it just feels like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. You know, I don't want to, I don't know. I don't know if I want to keep believing anymore. I don't know if I want to keep being different. And then here's our third one. As we keep walking through this together. Number three, Jordan, I just don't, um, you know, I just, I just don't know if I can keep showing kindness to people. I just, I just don't, not only do I, do I, you know, I'm not believing anymore. Then I'm tired of being different, but I'm just tired of being a good person. I'm just, it's just not, it's just not working out being a good person. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I was on a FaceTime call with a, uh, with a few friends of mine. And normally, you know, when we talk, um, you know, they're pretty chipper right? <laughs> like that word chipper <laughs> or they're pretty chipper, right? So, you know, they're, you know, happy to, you know, happy to talk and all that. But this, this call was different a couple weeks ago in particular. Uh, when this person called, this person said, look, Jordan, I'm, I'm done. So you, you're done with what? He said, he said, I'm done trying to be nice to people. He said, I, I can't do it anymore. And he was dead serious. I thought it was joking. He said, no, I'm dead serious. He said, I'm, he said, I'm done trying to be kind. He said, I'm done trying to be a good person. He said, because you just, he said, I'm done. He said, I'm tired of being a good person to people. And he, you know, and he said, I'm just tired. And when we were talking, I could see it in his eyes and in, in his, uh, in his person, I was like, oh, this dude's ready to turn ice cold. Like he's, he's, his heart's getting, getting cold right now. And I'm not going to lie. I, uh, when he said that, I was like, I, I feel you <laughs> when he said that. I was like, I totally, I feel you. I'm with you um, because I'm not going to lie. You know, when you feel this way of I'm tired of being a good person, uh, I'm not going, I mean, it feels good for a little bit. And again, I'm not saying this is right, but I'm saying it, it does feel good for a little bit to kind of have that. Uh, how do you, how do I describe it? Um, it feels good to kind of have that that ice cold ice coldness for a minute because it, it it gives you a certain type of focus and it gives you a certain type of uh 
drive. I can only speak for guys. I don't know how it is for our ladies, but that's how it is for us. If it does feel good not to care for a little bit, you know, I'm not going to lie. It, it feels good. Um, but it, it wears off pretty quick though. Like it, it does wear off pretty quick. So ultimately it leads down to a bad path. And so, um, the person I was talking to, he said, look, I, I'm just, I'm done. I, I'm, I'm totally done. And so when you think about this, you, you know, Jordan, I'm just, not only am I tired of believing, not only am I tired of being different, but number two, I'm just tired of being a good person, people. I'm just, I mean, it's just, it's not really working to be a, a, a good person. So have you heard phrases like kindness is weakness or my personal favorite, my personal favorite, nice guys finish last. My, that's my personal number one on my list. But we put it in people's minds that in order to get what you want and in order to get who you want, you have to be different than who you are. And being nice, quote unquote, it's too simple. And being nice is too simple. You know, someone told me uh, being nice is uh, it's not too simple. Because you're going to want nice when bills come, when kids come, when problems come. You're going to want nice. You're going to want nice. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's true. That's true. I feel it. Right. And so this guy, we were talking. He said, look, I just don't want to be seen. And he was a, he was a guy. Um, actually, one of them was a guy. But he was like, you know, I just don't want to be seen as a pushover. You know, he said, I don't want people to just walk over me. He said, I want people to. And he was a Christian. He said, I want people to walk over me. I don't want to be seen as a pushover. You know, I don't want to be seen as, you know, all these things. And so I was um, I was listening to a podcast um, the other day and, and a guy was talking about a Marine. Um, well, not a Marine, a Navy SEAL. He was talking about, uh, you know, kindness is not weakness. Actually showing kindness is security in yourself and it's actually showing strength. But he mentioned this. This is why we we have phrases such as kindness is weakness and we have phrases such as nice guys finish last because sometimes being kind may have a negative impact in the short term all right i'll say that again sometimes being kind to others may have a negative impact in the short term well what does that mean well in the short term right you might be kind to other people but in the short term, someone else might quote unquote win in the situation short term. So he used an example, you know, if you're in the grocery line and someone cuts in line, but you don't say anything, you know, yeah, you showed kindness by not saying anything. So they quote unquote won without you doing anything. Right. He used a couple other examples, but sometimes kindness, when you show kindness to people, sometimes it might have a negative impact on you short term, but it might have a positive impact on someone else short term because you were so kind. And so some people don't, you know, some people that they see that as being a pushover. Well, you know, when I think about kindness, you know, I think about that's something that, you know, we need to have. And so, you know, when you talk about, you know, I just don't know if I can be kind to people anymore. I just, I just don't want what happened to happen again is what he said. And so let's look at uh, let's look at First Corinthians thirteen. All right, <laughs> if we if we really want to get you know to the bottom of this, let, let's look at this. So in First Corinthians thirteen, 
the love chapter, sometimes we skip over verse four and five a lot. And not when I mean skip, I don't mean not read. I mean not really look at it for real, for real. So when we talk about being kind and when we talk about showing love to people, um, kindness and showing kindness and no matter what situation, no matter if when you showed kindness, you were appreciated or when you showed kindness, you were burned. No matter what it was, showing kindness is never a bad thing to do. No matter what situation it was or it is, no matter what, it's, it's just not. Because 1 Corinthians 13 verse 4, if you really show kindness, kindness or love, it suffers long. You know, it, it takes a while to be uh, to get angry because love suffers long. And not only is it that, but it's kind. So love is, so if we're not kind, then are we really showing love? Love is kind. Charity, it doesn't envy. And it doesn't even vaunt itself up. And charity, it's not puffed up. So it's not like I'm comparing my love to someone else's. Then verse five, it doesn't behave itself unseemly. And it doesn't even seek her own. And then notice this. Then the text also says it's not easily provoked and it thinks no evil. So love and kindness go hand in hand here in verses four and five. But if you notice this, this is why so many of our young guys, so many of our young women in the church, they try to be somebody that they're not. Because nobody wants a nobody wants no girl really wants a guy that's too kind. Nobody wants someone that's, that's, that's uh, you know, that really cares. You know, that really, uh, their love suffers long. And well, no one really wants that. They want a little edge. They want a little, they want a little this. They want a little that. They want a little. So now you got, you got dudes in the church. You got guys in the church. They change based off of what someone else wants. Then you got girls in the church. Well, no one really wants someone like Proverbs 31. No one really wants somebody that's kind. No one really wants someone that's patient. So, you know, I'll just change for him. You see, we got people changing to be with other people that's not even them, which is crazy. And, you know, I, you know, and that's why I said that phrase, nice guys finish last. It's one of my, it's one of my all time favorites on the list. Because that's really not true. Because I'm reminded of Jesus saying, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. So I know the context of that is something different, but in terms of understanding this phrase of being last, let me tell you guys something, man, guys and girls, I don't care, you know, what someone wants or what someone doesn't want, don't, don't change. You keep being kind. You keep doing the right things. You keep being the right person. You keep being, you keep being the nice guy. You keep being the nice girl. You keep being that guy. Keep being that girl. Because love is kind. 
And I don't know about you, but that's that's what I want, you know, someone to show me. So if I want someone to show me that, I'm going to show someone else that or at least try. So I just don't know, man, if I can just I don't know if I can be a good person anymore. Well, what's the answer to that? Answer to that is love is kind. So you keep doing the right thing. And so as we talk about this, I don't, Jordan, I just don't know, man, if I can, I don't know if I can do this anymore. You know, here's, here's seven quick things. If you're taking notes, seven quick things, um, that I'm trying to implement in my life now. And I think that if you implement it, this, this can help you through the process. Seven things that'll help you to get past this. Number one, learn to control your emotions. I didn't say don't feel. Def- definitely feel. But learn to control your emotions. Then number two, acquire and keep developing self-discipline. Then number three, in, in any situation, know when to fight. Every situation is, I heard Brother uh, Drew Suttles, one of my guys that I went to school with, you know, love that guy and his family. You know, Jesus called us to the good fight. Not every fight is a good fight. So number three, know when to fight. Sometimes you don't, you don't have to fight every fight. Number three, know when to fight. But then number four, not only do you know have to know when to fight, but number four, know when to let things go. Sometimes fighting, um, it's just not necessary. Not saying that you shouldn't you shouldn't fight, but there comes a point where, I mean, what what are you really doing this for? So know when to let things go. Then number five, learn to pick up on others' energy, meaning kind of understand and be smart about about things. You know, and that's where wisdom comes from. Wisdom will help you understand some things going on around you. Then number six, accept what you can't change. So understand. So like that example with Abram, he understood I can't change it, but just because I can't change it doesn't mean I can't stop believing that it's going to get better. So there, there has to be a certain level of acceptance with some things. Just like I said, with, with preaching, look, fellas, if you're listening, if you're in preaching school, look, when you get out, you'll just have to accept that this is, this is just what life is. You know, you just, you can't change it. This is, it is what it is. So just accept it, but it doesn't mean you can't believe that certain things can't happen. Okay. And then number seven, stay focused. You know, all this phrase is, if I don't know if I can do this anymore, all this phrase is, is Satan want you to quit. And he's, he's been saying that to you loudly. He's been saying it to me loudly, but you know, just continue to stay focused. So Jordan, I just don't know if I can do this anymore. You know, maybe today you just don't know. And I, I understand, you know, for sure. But I don't know about you, but it would be just my luck. It would be literally just my luck. The day that I decide to quit would be the day that actually things would start shaping up. 
I, I, I can't guarantee, but I have a very good hunch that, that that's what would happen. The day that I would quit because I'm tired of believing, because I'm tired of being different, because I'm tired of being a nice person, the day that I quit, that would be the day when things start to work out and I quit. I don't, I don't want that to happen. I don't want that to happen for you. So what do we do? Keep believing, keep being different, and keep showing kindness. I don't know if I can do this anymore. Such a such an awesome topic, huh? You know, and, and these are things that I feel like we need to talk about a little bit more. Um, and I hope this was really able to help you. And um, I hope that you you're able to, if you like this, you know, please share on your social medias and and and, and let's see if we can help some other people. Um, you know, let's continue to do this together. Um, you know, continue to like and subscribe to the podcast. You know, we, we want to help each other grow. And I'm just so thankful that, uh, you know, we can talk and we can develop and we can do this. So also there's some great things coming up for the podcast pretty soon. Again, I can't say it right now, but there are some some great things happening. And I'll let you know, you know, kind of when it's set in stone. But, um, you know, we're going to keep working towards helping other people. And, uh, you know, you guys have helped me. And so I hope that, um, you know, I was able to help you as we continue to build uh, this relationship with each other. So, uh, Lord willing, we will be back uh, next week, um, hopefully with a guest. So I'm looking forward to that. And I'm looking forward to an opportunity uh, that we'll continue to, um, to grow and to help each other out. Thanks, guys.